Welcome to the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast, where we chat all about gardening and self-sufficiency. We are Jackie and Laura, two sisters who live in Utah and Idaho, and who love to talk about self-sufficiency skills. We're glad you're here. Come learn along with us. Hey, Jackie. How's it going? Super good. How are you today? Doing great. Good. This will be fun. Um, I was thinking about some things that we could talk about, and the one that I wanted to talk about today is making tinctures. Is that okay? um, Tinctures. Fun. The thing about tinctures, like, I don't know that a lot of people know what they are. Right. We mentioned them in a previous video that we did, a previous podcast, and, um, but the the word tincture is not a word that we use a lot in regular everyday life unless you're in the herbal world and then it becomes kind of a regular word for you right but tinctures are um something that people use as medicine and i'll let you explain what they are and kind of why we would use or make a tincture um so maybe we'll start there like what is a tincture and why would we use one yeah, that's great. Um, <clears throat> it's a great question. I love how you proposed how we start, right? Like, let's talk about what it is, because I think you're spot on. I, Unless you are in the herbal world, I really don't hear a lot of people talking about tinctures. It's not a common conversation. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's explain it. And then as you were just in- giving us that quick introduction, I just had this cool story pop into my mind. I just want to share my story of like... Of my journey into the tincture world, um, because when I first started learning about herbs and things, I was really confused about all these different words. They were flying around me, and I was like, "What?" I just I had no awareness. And so I'll tell you my story after I explain what a tincture is. So okay, cool. Yeah, so a tincture is <clears throat> excuse me. So it's basically um, and it, it's an extracted form of the medicinal properties of of a medicinal plant, basically. So you take any plant in nature that has medicinal properties. And there's lots of different types of that. So for example, that's peppermint or um, red raspberry leaf or um, stinging nettle or alfalfa or anything like that. Um, And you, you put it in a liquid substance. It's usually um, glycerin, some form of alcohol, or I just barely learned recently that you can put it also in, um, what did I, what is it? Vinegar. Vinegar is another substance. Um, I've never done a vinegar tincture, so I don't know much about that one at this point, but um, glycerin or alcohol are the two main ways that I know of to make tinctures. And so, yeah, and the reason why is because water is a really bad um, preservative. So, we use water when we're making teas if you're going to drink it really quickly, like within a short period of time. But if you want to use it, over a long period of time, then you need to preserve it. So we use yeah. vegetable glycerin, glycerin or alcohol. Great. Cool. Thank you for clarifying that. Right. So this is a preservation technique. Um, so let's take, let's just be concrete, right? So let's pretend that you have peppermint growing somewhere close by and you know what peppermint looks like. So you could take your peppermint um, and you could bring it inside. You could hang it up on the wall in a little bunch, let it dry. You could put it on a cookie sheet, dry it. Um, so that you have dried peppermint at that point. And that actually does a certain sort of preserving. Um, 
but it, it's really not crazy long-term storage. You Generally speaking, I've heard dried herbs are good for a year or upwards of maybe two or three years. And then they kind of like, they start losing their potency over time, just like all things. But when we take that same fresh herb or dried herb, it doesn't matter. You can do one or the other. And you put it in a substance of like glycerin or alcohol then it actually extends the shelf life extensively and it does something else is it it does this cool I don't know how to explain it exactly it's like this chemical molecular thing where it like literally it like sucks all the medicinal properties out of that plant and leaves it in in the liquid that you're preserving it in um and so then you can keep it in little jars in your home and use them as medicine it's really exciting Mm -hmm. Nice. Does that? Yeah. That, no, that's great. Um, okay. you, so you'll usually see tinctures in the store, like in little bottles. They're usually one or two ounces and they have droppers in the top. So if yeah. you see a whole bunch of bottles with like little squeezed dropper tops, that's those are tinctures. And you can see if they're made with alcohol or vegetable glycerin. And we'll talk about a little later why you would use a vegetable glycerin one and why would why you would use an alcohol-based one, but um, go ahead and tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick little thought about how to recognize the bottles in the store. They're usually in dark colored bottles right? um, because that helps to preserve them even longer. It keeps the sun out of the liquid. So Mm -hmm. just a little heads up. They're not clear bottles. They're dark bottles. Um, Yeah. So back up in my, in my life, like, I don't know, probably four or five years ago, um, I joined actually probably longer than that. I joined a, an online social media community in my local area. Um, and it's called the crunchy mamas is what it's called and super fun online community. But, um, it's all these women in my area that are into natural solutions and holistic options and all sorts of things. And so lots of great discussions that happen in there. And I started note cause I was, I was starting my own holistic journey probably two or three years before I joined this group. And so I started seeing this one girl who I had met before. She kept posting all these things about tinctures. And I was like, what in the world is she talking about? And so I kept watching her because every time she would post stuff, it was always talking about tinctures and like she's making tinctures and she and her family were going through some pretty big health challenges. She wasn't very clear and specific about that on this social media platform, but you could tell there was some big health challenges going on. And from what I could gather from her is she, she had kind of just taken the reins of the health of her family and decided to learn all of the herbal things possible to help her family. I think she was probably working with a naturopath at the time. Um, She had like a, her daughter was four or five. They only had one child at the time. And, and like I said, I don't know all the details, but um, I could tell she was just like on this growth chart, like growth chart, (laughs) a growth curve as she was learning her own process of like making tinctures. And, and then she actually started selling them to people in the community. So that's why she kept showing up over and over and over again. She's like, you guys, I have this many tinctures of this type and who wants them and this is how much they cost. And, um, and that's all I was watching. And I just kept scratching my head. Cause I was like, why is this one girl that I know this one mom that I know so heavily invested in tinctures? Cause I didn't still didn't really understand what they were. Hmm. Um, okay. 
So I started like reading about them. I still didn't really understand it because it was kind of this abstract thing. It was like, it takes a little while to wrap your mind around it. It does. It does. Just understanding them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And then I'm just a really hands-on learner. Um, I'm a, I'm a kinesthetic learner is what that's called. And so I learned the best by getting involved, doing the thing, like creating it myself. And then all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and I'm like, oh, I get it. And so um, that was kind of all the background. And then I had gone to a class that a lady also here in my local area, she lives about 20, 30 minutes north of me. Um, She and her family live on a very large acreage of property in the foothills and um, anyway, she, she told us her story years ago as we were at this tincture making class. Cause I was so intrigued by tinctures. And then she offered this class and I was like, I'm going to go, I have to go. Cause I have to learn about the tincture making thing. Uh-huh. Cause it was overwhelming to figure out how to do it on my own. Sure. Um, so I went to this class and I was so grateful. And so this lady was sharing her story that probably five or eight years ago, she had felt really directed and inspired that she needed to be teaching like self-sufficiency classes and learn teaching people about herbal medicine and herbal things and all things herbal. Mm. And so that's really what she focuses on. So she teaches, I've been on a couple herb walks with her around her property. That's been so instructive for me. Um, she's done multiple tincture making classes, multiple different types of classes. I haven't gone to everything that she's put on, but every time I go, I come away with like, that was my, that was mind blowing simple ways, you know? So that, um, I think going to that tincture making class really solidified it for me specifically. And then I was like, oh, but that really just started me on my tincture journey. Um, And as I haven't gotten as intensively involved as this lady that I was watching on social media, um, but now I get it. Like sometimes I buy my tinctures um, and other times I make them myself. And I have made multiple tinctures, both glycerin and alcohol forms and I feel pretty comfortable I mean I'm still learning you know yeah I always have to look it up every time I make them because I'm like wait what like what's the ratio and what do I need and so I'm still learning but um that's kind of been my journey into the tincture world I do have like probably at least 15 tinctures in my cupboard that I need to use more often I don't use them all the time but I know what to go to when I need something and and I keep learning about herbs in different ways. And that's just another way that's, it's opened another door of learning for me when it comes yeah. to herbs. Yeah. And I like that. I like that just having another option in your yeah. home is great because yeah. like um, having a capsule versus an essential oil versus a tincture versus a tea, like they're all different and you would yeah. use them in different ways or for different purposes, right? Exactly. So a lot of times people use tinctures um, as medicine and like for acute situations, like when you're ill or if you have something going on that you need to address. Right. So, and typically with what you would do with the tinctures, you would take uh, an entire squirt bottle full, like an entire dropper full. So usually the dosage is like 20 to 40 drops, which is pretty much like the whole like you take the dropper and you fill it all up and then you squirt it into a little cup, cup of water yeah. and then you take it and just drink it down. Yeah. Put it in water or juice and you just drink it as a dose of medicine, right? Right. So that's typically how people use them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just barely getting into tincturing. 
So this is like new territory. I purchased a few from a lady in my area that makes them and sells them. And then I bought one or two from the health food store, like an immune boosting one for my kids kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And then I just recently started making them. So I was showing you, I was, I was texting Jackie some pictures this week. I'm like, look at all these herbs I've been buying. And it was like just bags of, so much bought online and I'm like I'm gonna learn how to use all of these so I'm just getting into like herbalism and figuring it out but I've made a couple tinctures and they're sitting in my pantry and I'm shaking them every day and things like that so cool yeah it's been fun to learn about I love that um no that's a really cool story I love hearing your story as well right like we all have such unique stories around like how we get into things and the, what the motivation is. And it's, yeah, just, it's a journey. It is a journey. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's cool to hear like the similar principles, right? It's like, mm-hmm. as I started, like I was laughing as you texted me all those pictures this week. Cause I'm like, Oh, welcome to the club. You know? <laughs> like, I wasn't home at the time or else I would right. have taken pictures of all my herbs. I have like two full <laughs> boxes of packages of herbs For sure. um, that are part of like my long-term food storage. Because now that I know how to tincture herbs, mm-hmm. um, that's really empowering to me, which is, I didn't know that that was one of the reasons why I wanted to learn tinctures, but I learned that as I started learning about tinctures, right. I felt this sense of empowerment of like, you know what, I can take any of these herbs and it's, sorry I'm gonna like squirrel for a second but I feel the same way with tomatoes like when I'm Uh canning tomatoes um I know everybody has different feelings about how you can and preserve your tomatoes and that's totally cool I honor your opinion but I I have learned over the years I love just as I'm canning my tomatoes I love just having straight tomatoes with nothing added to them um, our mom loves to make spaghetti sauce. So that's just like ready to go. But I actually love not doing all that work before I can my tomatoes because I love having a blank canvas. Right. I love having just a whole ton of canned tomatoes that I can then do whatever I want with once I open them. Cause right. I can throw them in soups. I can like make them into whatever I can do all sorts of things with them culinarily, creatively, creatively. But if it's already spaghetti sauce, I can only do one thing with it, you know, right. and that limits me. And I don't like that feeling. That's just me personally. Right. But some people love that. Mm-hmm. But I feel that same way with herbs. It's like I love having all these herbs in my boxes and these bags that I've purchased from really great sources. And I'm like, I, that's like my blink canvas. You can mix and match. And like, and I can do whatever want. I want with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've made like herbal tea blends that I just put in just a mason jar and I just follow people's recipes or I make them up on my own sometimes. And then I use that as my own herbal tea mix. That's really fun. I do that too. Yeah. Or I turn them into tinctures and that's really, that's really empowering for me. Um, Or I give them away to other people, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. so it's like my blank canvas. That's just me personally what I've learned over the years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And right, uh, some of a few of my herbs that I have stored are like ones that I've gotten off of my own property, and that's also empowering, right? When that's you start so growing cool. them yourself, yes. I think there's le- levels and layers to it, for sure, right? So, like, the first step might be to purchase a tincture at the store, yes, try it out, 
right? Yeah. Try an alcohol-based one and try a, a glycerin-based one and see which one you like better. Right. And then you might buy some dry herbs from an online source or from your local store or whatever and right. start making some teas. And then you might start making a tincture or two here exactly. and there. And then you might wildcraft some herbs or you might plant an herb or something like that. You know, so there's exactly. there's different levels and you know, like we've talked about before, like getting to know a specific plant is really important and yes. you'll be, it'll become like a friend. Yes. Like you'll understand it and you'll know how it works and you'll know what it's like and what you, you know, how it works for you and your family and things like that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was just out on a walk last night, for example, and I was, there's a, there's an herb called plantain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the banana kind of plantain. It's a, it's a green herb that grows in the ground. So I didn't know that for a long time. I was like, plantain, are they talking about banana things? Like, no, it's not totally different plant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've known about plantain for a while and there's some growing close to where I live and I was walking right by it. And I just, cause I know, I know what plantain can do and how it can help. I've used it myself. I've used it with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I love going just, 10 steps away from my house and being like, oh, I got to go harvest some plantain, you know, for whatever's right. going on. And it just filled me with such joy last night. Like, <sighs> I know what this plant is and I love that it's around, you know, I saw a dandelion too yesterday and I was like, Oh, right. I love you. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's so fun when you can recognize them and yeah. in nature and you're like, Oh, there's my friend. Right. <laughs> That's how it feels like you're my friend. I know you. <laughs> It's so great. Cool. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's talk really quick about like the actual quick little process, maybe not the quick process, but the process of tincturing. Yeah, how you um, make a tincture. Right? Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. those simple steps. Cause it's, it's quite simple, but um, there's some steps there. So um, let's talk about, should we start with glycerin or alcohol tincture? Well, I would say that the process is the same. There might be some nuances, but basically what you do is you take an herb, a plant, a medicinal plant. Um, Oftentimes it's roots and things like that that are woody, but it doesn't have to be. No, it could be leaves. Yeah, it could be flowers or leaves or anything like that. So whatever part of the plant you want to use for your tincture. You're going to put that in typically a jar. So I, we like to use um, like mason jars for it. So you put it in there and then you're going to cover it with, um, in the tincture world, it's called your menstrum. You're basically your liquid, whatever liquid you're going to use. So the ratios is, is what's going to change and things like that. But that's basically it. So you take your herb, put it in the jar, cover it with your liquid, and then you're going to let it sit for six weeks or so and you shake it every day and then at the end of the six weeks you can kind of what yeah no I was just gonna say you don't shake it like vigorously you just kind of you turn it so that it stays covered in the liquid yeah you can shake it a little bit if you want to but um but at the end of six weeks then you just strain out the herbs and then your tincture is done and you put it in your dropper bottles that's That's really the process it's pretty simple. Yep. The nuances would be like dried versus fresh herbs. Right. And the amount of liquid to herb ratio. Right. So I've right. really only done um, glycerin tinctures. So I'll just explain what I've done. And right. then maybe you can do that. So I've, I've done a few with fresh herbs. 
And from what I understand, when you use fresh herbs and vegetable glycerin, you don't have to add any water because the herbs already have enough water in them because they're fresh. So I just take the herbs and I cover them with the, 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 the glycerin until they're covered and that's it. And then I just shake it and jiggle it around every day. And that's all I do. Um, dried, the other day I was making, I was trying one with um, echinacea that I had ordered, but my echinacea that came was the herb part of the plant. And I was, I thought I had ordered the roots because I really wanted echinacea roots. Mm. So I have to order those again because I ordered the wrong thing. So, but this herb part was like the dried leaves and the flowers and things. And it was, uh, so I put in the vegetable glycerin and some water. So with dried herbs, you're going to use um, 60% vegetable glycerin and 40% water. So you kind of have to do a little math to figure that out, but, or less water, whatever. You don't want to go more than 40% water because then it won't preserve it as well. So I added that amount and then I noticed within a few days, no, I think I added just straight glycerin. Within a few days, like the herbs were looking dry and they weren't covered anymore. So I added water just to help it rehydrate. So when you're using dry herbs, adding the water helps to rehydrate the herbs and get them to the point that they're able to be preserved, right? So that's been my experience. I don't know. Tell me what you've done. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm mostly, I've gone to just one class where we've made a glycerin tincture and we actually used a slightly different methodology. So yeah. similar though, we started the same, like we used the mason jar, we put the herbs in um, for the recipe that we were making. And then we made the 60% glycerin, 40% water mixture, Yeah, filled it up to about two thirds, three fourths of the way so that the herbs are covered. Um, and that's kind of the general rule of thumb is like, there's yeah. certain ratios of like weight, like weight ratios to like liquid versus the herbs. But um, right. And when you're learning, you can weigh and follow recipes. And all that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As I've gone to these classes over a couple of different years, um, I've just kind of watched people like they just eyeball it and they just make sure that as long as your herbs are covered in that liquid, um, whether it's glycerin and water or alcohol, then you're okay because really you want the herbs to be submerged mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And if you get not submerged, then that could spoil the whole batch. So you just want to be careful of that. But um, so I just watched at this glycerin making class. Um, we just, you know, we filled it up to the point where we needed to fill it up with the glycerin and water with the herbs in the mason jars. And then um, I didn't know you could do this, but with the glycerin tincture specifically, you can put a lid on the mason jar so that it's closed off. And then you put it in a hot, boiling pot like a pot of hot boiling water right. for about two hours and then we just cooked it and that speeds up the extraction process and then after that we just let it cool for a bit and then we strained same process we strained all of the herbs off and what was left behind was the was the tincture and we mm -hmm. put that in our little bottles and right. we went home so um right. and i would assume that that works with the vegetable glycerin i would assume it wouldn't work very well with the alcohol I would assume it would probably I, cook off. So I've I don't know. Seen the alcohol done that way. So yeah. I've only seen the alcohol just like sitting for six weeks, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, everything else I've done is alcohol based and I am not an expert on like 
alcohol and the proofs and the percentages and all that stuff. But um, I have bought, as I'm making tinctures, um, I generally don't, not generally, I don't consume alcohol at all um, outside of tinctures, but it's just for medicinal properties. And it's really very, very small. Okay. If you're concerned about the alcohol and the tinctures with the alcohol tinctures, um, you make your best choice for you, right? But um, I feel comfortable with it because from what I have learned, the amount of alcohol that you're consuming in the dosage that you're consuming from a tincture, alcohol-based tincture, is actually less than what you're consuming in a ripe banana. Like a ripe banana has more alcohol in it because of its its fermenting, it's all of its sugars um, than a tincture. And so I actually feel comfortable doing that, but I also don't have a history of like alcoholism or anything like that. So obviously you have to make your own choices for you if you fully don't feel comfortable with that. Right. Or certain herbs, sorry, certain alcohols are made out of grain. So I know if you have grain allergies, that that right. right. Right, right, right. So do your research on the type of alcohol. Generally, I've heard you can make it, I think you can make it with all sorts of, like, I mean, vodka is a typical one that I hear. That's the most common. Yep. I know you can, like, Everclear is another one that I hear is a really great one because it's the right percentage and proof and all that stuff. You can make it with rum. You can make it with different things, but I'm not the expert on the alcohol. So sure. do some research, find, find what alcohol works best for you. If you want to do an alcohol tincture. So, um, and then I just would buy my alcohol and then bring it home and figure out a recipe for whatever I was making. Um, and it's pretty simple. I put the dried herbs or the fresh herbs, whatever. And again, the ratios may be slightly different with dried versus fresh to make sure that you're following a a proper recipe. If you are not quite sure, Um, put in a mason jar and fill it up with your alcohol. And it's pretty simple. And then you put the lid on and you just let it sit for the six weeks. Generally, you want to kind of keep it not in direct sun. You want to keep it in a kind of cool, dry, dark, darker space in your home. Uh Um, And then like Lara said, just make sure that you're kind of shaking it around and making the liquid get like move around from day to day and then count your weeks, you know, six weeks later, you strain it off and um, yeah. I usually put a label on my yep. jar just so I, I know when I started it, know when it's going to be done yeah. and I don't like have to remember it. Yes. It's on the jar. Right. Yes, exactly. So yeah. Um, pretty simple. Um, like I said, we haven't, I don't have any experience with uh, vinegar tincture, but I'm sure you can do some quick research if you want to do a vinegar specific tincture. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us the, so when you went to that, that herb walk and yeah. you made the tincture, Yeah. We, we referenced this tincture in one of our other videos or podcasts, but, um, the, but we weren't sure about the exact ratio. So we've since yeah. looked that up. If you want to yeah. share with us that specific one and what you use it for. And Absolutely. then I'll talk about one more. Absolutely. Okay. So um, I don't really know what to call this. I use it um, as a kind of a cold and flu um, tincture. Let me see. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that has a name. The label that we put on our tincture bottles is just, glycerin tincture with yarrow elderflower and peppermint so that's what it's called you gotta make up a name i know um anyway so this is really 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 great for colds and flus and um you take one part yarrow um, so you can make as much of this or as little of this as you want so whatever one 
that's kind of the nice part about ratios. It's like one part yarrow, um, one part elderflower. So if you have elder elderberry bushes growing on your property or somewhere you want to go harvest those in the spring, then get some elderflowers or you can buy some dried ones on online. So one part elderflower and then one part peppermint. So that's it. So like those are the herbs. So just equal ratios of all three of those. Um, and this specific, you could do this in an alcohol tincture as well if you want, but um, the glycerin tincture, oh, we didn't explain this. The glycerin, glycerin tinctures um, don't extract as much of the medicinal properties as the alcohol does, and it doesn't hit your body as strongly. And so, and it has a sweeter taste to it. So it's a little easier to get down. It's a lot easier to get down. Let me be real. Um, so if glycerin tinctures are better options, generally speaking for children or somebody that may have um, sensitivities to alcohol or don't want any alcohol in their bodies whatsoever. So, um, so there's that alcohol doesn't taste as, as yummy. So. They also don't last as long either. So oh, the alcohol right. preserves it a lot longer. Yes, right? exactly. Three to five years. Yes, exactly. Thank you. So one part yarrow, elderflower, and peppermint are the herbs. And then, um, like we've mentioned already, just you have to buy some vegetable glycerin. So you take 60% of the total amount of your the liquid that you need. So 60% needs to be glycerin and 40% needs to be water. So if you're doing a quart, like if you're using a quart mason jar, um, I don't know exactly how many herbs you would need, probably somewhere between half a cup to three-fourths of a cup of each one of those herbs, then um, how much liquid would that be? Probably a cup and a half total. So maybe a cup of glycerin and maybe half a cup roughly of water. So that's kind of what you're shooting for, for a quart of tincture. Um, And then, like I said, you can do the hot water method, boiling it for two hours, which is what we did at that class, um, and then strain it off and then it's done. You put it in little empty glass bottles or you can let it sit for six weeks. So, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I love that. I just barely ran out of that recently. And I'm like, oh no, I need to make more of that. So I need to order one of my herbs and make some more. Cause it really is like, it's, it's the herb. It's the tincture that I go to when I'm starting to feel a little gunky or anything mm-hmm. that gets me in good shape relatively oh. quickly. <laughs> so I love it. Cool. Yeah. So that's my recipe. Awesome. Um, the one I wanted to talk about is one that I just came across this week, and it's intriguing to say the least, but um, I will put a link to the page that you can learn more about this particular one. Cool. Um, there's lots of tinctures out there, and you can make individual tinctures or blends is what when you're combining different herbs, right? Um, this particular one is called the Red Plague Remedy. And um, it has a unique story. The lady that created it um, felt very strongly. She's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she went to the temple one day and she was basically like given this recipe in spiritual format. She wasn't, I don't know, I don't think she was really seeking for it, but she just felt really strongly to go to the temple that day. And it was like, as Jackie would call it, like downloaded to her. (laughs) and she kept checking the like the the details on it and she made sure every single detail was like exactly what the spirit was teaching her to to do um anyway so you can read her story and kind of 
figure out for yourself if that's what you need to do. But the, it's fascinating because it's supposed to be like really, really good for like illnesses that are that that are going to plague the earth at some point. So um, anyway, I just found it really fascinating. So the recipe she has online is like massive. So it makes like quarts and quarts and quarts and quarts of tincture. Yes. So you're going to have to take her recipe and cut it way, way down if you want to make something, but you could make something very similar with just some ratios, right? So she, it's actually a two tincture part. Um, so in the first tincture, she puts in olive leaf, German chamomile. I don't know how to say this next one. Maybe you can help me. Pau de Arco bark. Yeah, Pau de Arco. Okay. And then red rooibos tea, agrimony, and milk thistle seeds. So those are the ingredients that she has in the first tincture. And then the second tincture, you're supposed to take 20 minutes after the first one. And it just has yarrow and cayenne pepper. So I don't know, I don't know the reason for all of this stuff. And she doesn't really know the reasons either. She's like, that's just what it was told to me to do. That's just what the spirit directed me to do. So I found it interesting that it was very inspired. But I also believe that we can also get our own inspiration for our own um, needs. And so maybe you need to um, think about, or maybe you need to spend some time with the spirit and seeking what, what tinctures you need to make for your family and what to be prepared for. So anyway, this one was really fascinating. And again, I'll, I'll just put a link to her page on there. You can look at it, but it's called the Red Plague Remedy. And I just thought it was fascinating. So I haven't made it yet. But I have, I have, I went to a class where we made that tincture. So I do have both of those bottles and that was, that was, we made that several years ago and I didn't understand all of these herbs at the, at that point very well, uh -huh. but now I have, cause I've actually made Powdarco tincture separately yeah. for gut health specifically. It's helped, it helps to kill off the candida in the body. Uh -huh. um, three other herbs that are good with that myrrh and olive leaf and one other I read a blog article about that and so they said these four herbs if you'll take them in tincture form for many months it will just really help to kill off all the candida and to get mm. your gut back into balance and so I have those so I've made those herbs in in tincture form but it's really cool to hear you talk about the the recipe ingredients because like when we made that tincture at this class many years ago it was like I was just there. I had no idea what we were doing. I didn't like, kind of like you, it's like, I have no idea what these herbs are for, but as you listed those off today, I'm like, Oh, I know what most of those are for. Yeah. 80% of them. I I'm pretty clear about what they are for. And I'm like, Oh, I can see why awesome. I can see why those are really powerful. I'm still not hundred percent clear on all of them, but sure. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And again, these are not like beginner herbs. These are like <laughs> powerhouses. Yes, they are. Right. So, but if you're looking for something as a powerhouse to really like kick something, then this would be a helpful one. Um, safer herbs, not that these are like dangerous or anything, but like they're just strong, right? Mm -hmm. So safer herbs are going to be like your um, peppermint, echinacea, um, 
what are some other safer herbs that you like to use that are um honestly yarrow is a really powerful one we've talked about yarrow in both of these recipes that we've given today um i learned about yarrow years ago but really yarrow is is kind of in the medicinal herbal medicinal world it's kind of like lavender where we talk about lavender as like this army knife of the essential oil world specifically but yarrow is kind of that in my mind too it's like the swiss army knife it's really good for so many things so and it's pretty safe Mm -hmm. so i would say yarrow is another yeah really great one to go to Uh yeah and you know there's like i mentioned before there's there's books that you can get that are gentler herbal formats that you can start learning on rather than the heavy hitters so i would start with some of the more gentle herbs that are generally recognized as safe and Mm -hmm. um start there right or i mean unless you're looking to really target specific things with your own health and like you know obviously consult with somebody that's that's an herbalist that knows or you know do your own research obviously Um, so yeah, because I think I started off with some heavy hitters and that was totally fine mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Heavy hitters, it's like, they're just more potent and that's fine. I wouldn't necessarily want to give those same tinctures and herbs to children just because children right. generally don't need as potent of dosages. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about. It's like the, the more gentle right. things versus the full dosage. So. Exactly. Right. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> love yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and um, wrap up unless you have anything else that you oh, want to share. I'm good. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I love this. What a great conversation today to talk about tinctures. Really, what I kept hearing as we were chatting today is right, like learning how to empower yourself. And tinctures is just another way of empowering yourself and building another thing into um that preparedness mindset, like that self-sufficiency mm-hmm. mindset. And whether that means that you start learning about the herbs outside of your yard or out in front of your house or in your neighbor's yard, or you're buying herbs or you're looking for herbs in the wild, which is wild crafting is what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning how to turn them into medicine, right? And whether that's glycerin tinctures, tea, um, alcohol-based tinctures, whatever works best for you, but always, always, always do your own research and make sure that you're making the best choices for you. For sure. um, find some books that are good resources for you and your family and consult the people that you feel like you need to consult with, because that's always a powerful tool in your tool belt to talk to people. Yes. That so thank you for joining us today. We are yeah. grateful to share this great information with you. Hope that you guys can, not that you have to go make a tincture, right? But if you feel like you want to make a tincture, like go and get started, right? Like go to the, go get some alcohol or go get some glycerin and grab some herbs um, and start to start trying or go find some at the health food store and start incorporating that into your health routine. Absolutely. And if you have questions, we would happy to be answer those. So join us in our Facebook group. I'll put a link to that and you can um, hop over there and ask us questions in the group. So awesome. Hey, great to talk to you today. You too. Thank you. Okay. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast. We invite you to join us in our private Facebook group to continue the conversation. You can find the group by clicking on the link in the show notes or by visiting carrotgal.com slash chats. We love to answer questions and see pictures of your gardens and other self-sufficiency projects that you're working on. Come join us in the group. Thanks for listening.